Rencast number one. Another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan of AtTheFair.com, that's fair with an E at the end, and this is the Rincast show number one, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that yes, anyone can have their own podcast. Now, since this is the first episode, I'm going to take a few minutes here and talk a little bit about my background and how I got involved in Renaissance festivals. For me, it started in 1981 when I was living in Texas. My best friend at the time took me, actually his parents took both of us, to the Texas Renaissance Festival and Scarborough Fair. It was my first exposure to a Renaissance Festival. In fact, I don't even think I knew what they were before then. But in the 70s, I had gone to both Disneyland and Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom with my parents, so I certainly knew what a theme park was. And this Renaissance Festival was a lot like a themed land at Disney, just without the Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, that's how it got started, but it wasn't until about 15 years later that I went to one again. I was living in Iowa, and the girl that I was dating at the time was a member of the SCA, but she'd never actually gone to a Renaissance Festival. Now, she'd just moved to Iowa herself, and she had this photo album of uh, Renaissance Festival pictures that a friend had given her. And I said, you know, if you want to go to one, I'm pretty sure we have Renaissance Festivals up here in Iowa. In fact, I think there's a guy that I work with who plays music for one of these uh, Renaissance Festival groups. So she and I attended the 1997 Iowa Renaissance Festival during its two-weekend run in the fall of that year. Now, it was an interesting experience for me. It was nothing at all like the big events I'd seen in Texas as a kid, but it did have entertainment and merchants and turkey legs and things like that. Uh, But the one thing that I wasn't expecting was people to be dressing up to attend. Now, my girlfriend had actually put on this uh, purple Renaissance Festival-looking dress, and, you know, she dressed up to go, and I wouldn't have any of that. When I go to see a Star Trek movie, I don't dress up like a Klingon, so I just kind of stuck to my own and uh, walked about ten feet behind her and just enjoyed it from a distance. You know, I'm not with her, she's dressed funny, and I'm just a tourist. Now, speaking of tourist, for the, uh, well, actually, the reason I moved to Iowa was to take this job and... I was traveling all across America, and I was getting to go to Disneyland a couple of times a year and Disney World, and I was going to various tourist attractions, places like the Winchester Mystery House out in California, and I'd bought a digital camera in 1996. So I'd already been taking pictures at a lot of these places, and I thought, well, you know, I'll just start taking pictures of Renaissance festivals as well, and that's kind of what I did. It was a nice, touristy, passive experience for me, until we were accosted by the royal greeter, and he showed me how to properly kiss milady's hands. And that's when the line was crossed, and this became uh, a more of an interactive experience than just a stand-back and watch experience. It was a lot different from passively going to a theme park. And that's where I first started getting interested in Renaissance festivals beyond the, I think I'll just walk around and take some pictures. I still wasn't going to dress up. Of course, I did buy the green floppy hat, and the rest is history. Now, in the years that followed, uh, I helped uh, sell roses and have been in a a couple of performance groups and, of course, opened up AtTheFair.com in 2000 to host my Renaissance Festival photo collection and post news updates and things like that. So it's kind of gotten out of control, and even though I swore I would never be in tights or a kilt, I own a couple of pair of tights now, and I once forcibly was uh, made to wear a kilt, and those photos exist somewhere on the Internet. Anyway... The Rincast is going to be a uh, podcast made up primarily of interviews with uh, performers and merchants and people involved with Renaissance festivals I attend. I've already attended several festivals and uh, recorded a number of interviews. The Iowa Renaissance Festival, Kansas City Renaissance Festival, uh, Minnesota Renaissance Festival. And so those will be the upcoming uh, episodes to kind of 
you know, hold us over during the winter months when nothing like this is really going on uh, during the offseason. And so we begin. This time we'll be talking about the Iowa Renaissance Festival. Now, the Iowa Renaissance Festival is a small independent event produced by Festivals International. In 1992, Festivals International was formed and they held the first Iowa Renaissance Festival at the North Iowa Fairgrounds in Mason City, Iowa. Well, in 1993, it relocated to the um, state fairgrounds in Des Moines, Iowa, where it uh, ran right through the year 1999, I believe. So in 1999, uh, that was the last time it was a two-weekend event in the fall, but it moved to the Amana Colonies, which is the uh, number one tourist destination in the state of Iowa. And so since 2000, it's been held over Labor Day weekend in... Um, in the Amana Colonies. Uh, I believe for 2006, it's actually moving its date. It's going to be in the spring now, but remain in the Amana Colonies. So that's a little history of the uh, Iowa Renaissance Festival. Now, at the time, I was pretty harsh and critical on it because the festival that was out at the state fairgrounds was just not that good. It was poorly attended. It looked kind of cheesy. You couldn't even get a turkey leg there. But when it moved to the Amana Colonies in 2000, it really got a big boost. Uh, it was a much better location. It was uh, prettier. And, uh, well, to give you an idea, here's a uh, tribute song that we put together back in 2000, inspired by the Iowa Renaissance Festival. Ah, yes, it was just a few years ago at the Iowa Renaissance Festival and Harvest Fair that I saw something I'd never seen before at the Iowa Renaissance Festival and Harvest Fair. It was a line of people to get in. Now, this is not a slam against the Iowa Renaissance Festival and Harvest Fair. It's just that I've never actually seen a line of people waiting to get in. So prepared with this, I wrote this song to help pass the time. <clears throat> Goes something like this. We're standing in line, we're standing in line. We want to get in, so we're standing in line. We're standing in line for a very long time. We want to get in, so we're standing in line. It was quite nice. Everybody sang along. And then when I got inside the festival and went to go get me a turkey leg, I found something else I hadn't seen before. It was a line to get turkey legs. <sighs> so I wrote this verse. It goes a little bit like this. We're standing in line. We're standing in line. We want turkey legs. So we're standing in line. We're standing in line for a very long time. We want turkey legs. So we're standing in line. So I eventually got my turkey leg, headed over to the tavern and saw something I hadn't seen before there, and it was a line to get beer. Well, that's okay. I have a third verse, and it goes like this. We're standing in line, we're standing in line, we want to get beer, so we're standing in line. We're standing in line for a very long time, we want to get beer, so we're standing in line. Everybody pour, pour, pour. So we're standing in line, we're standing in line for a very long time. We want to get beer, so we're standing in line. Now remember this the next time you're stuck in a line at a Renaissance festival, because I know I can't get this tune out of my head. Good day. I'll see you at the line. 
And that's how it all begins, standing in line, inspired by the Iowa Renaissance Festival, and that song was hastily thrown together one evening, uh, and singing on it with me was the lovely Mistress Willa Lindsay, the uh, other half of AtTheFair.com, who helped me get the site going and uh, maintained it for a number of years, and um, we performed together uh, in some uh, groups for a couple of seasons, sold roses, a lot of things like that. So anyway, Humble Beginnings, that's the first song I wrote that made people hate me. To hear the other songs I wrote that make people hate me, uh, visit the PirateComedyShow.com website and listen to some of the songs there. Speaking of which, there's also a Pirate Comedy Show podcast that is available. You can uh, learn more about it at AnotherCrappyPodcast.com. Same place you probably heard about this one. Okay, moving on. This year at the Iowa Renaissance Festival, um, I took my voice recorder and began taping some interviews. Now, the Amana Colonies is not actually known for a lot of Renaissance activity, but it is known for its numerous uh, wineries and other specialty shops. Um, it's, it is one of the top tourist attractions of the state of Iowa. And we like to begin our early mornings by walking through some of the wineries and uh, doing some early morning sampling. Standing out on the street of Maine Amana on an early Saturday morning, uh, tourists are already showing up. Several of the wineries are opening. A lot of restaurants are already here serving breakfast. Wineries are open. Gift shops are there. Uh, there's uh, already visited the one ATM in the town. Okay. Um, tell me your name. Tell me the winery. This I'm Judy Peters, and this is the Old Wine Cellar in Amana, Iowa. Okay, and and I, you, people don't think of Iowa as being a place for wine. I mean, why? What is? Tell me this a little bit about the wines here. When they first originated over here, they just had the the grape, the rhubarb, and the dandelion, and now we have spread out to all all kinds of fruit wines. Okay, is the wine actually made in Amana? Yes, each winery makes their own wine. Okay, now ours ours is made right downstairs. Okay, now you say each winery. How many wineries? Seven. Seven wineries mm-hmm. in Amana. Mm-hmm. And how many types of winery of wines do you have? We're about fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. Okay, and what what's the best selling wine? Oh, our lovers, of course. Okay, and it's, it's a blend of cranberry and plum together. Okay, and when the Renaissance Festival comes into town, what type of wine do the Renaissance people buy the most? Probably the rhubarb down the line and the white grape Niagara. Excellent. And uh, this, of course, is the best winery in all of Amana, right? Of course. So many wineries, so little time. Uh, we're moving right down the street. Hi, Jean. Tell me about Ackerman Winery. Uh, how many wines do you have? We have 26 different kinds. We have Merlots, Chardonnays, all the way down to very sweet wine. And all of it's made in Iowa? All made right here in this very building here at Ackerman's. What's your most popular wine? Um, our most popular wine is uh, Sweet um, Cranberry. Sweet Cranberry? Sweet, yeah, Sweet Cranberry. Now, when the Renaissance Festival comes into town each year, is there a particular type of wine that the, the weird dress people buy more than others? No, I've never really found no pattern. nice variety. Okay, yeah, we, we just drink anything. <laughs> okay. How long have you been making wine? Ackerman's been making wine for 50 years. 50 years. We're the oldest continuing family-owned winery in the state of Iowa. It's fourth generation now. You know, that means this place is as old as Disneyland, McDonald's, and the Waffle House. Oh, my gosh. They're all having, <laughs> yeah, they're all having 50th anniversary right now. Excellent. And, and, and is this the best winery in Amana? It's the very best. Excellent. Thanks. You're welcome. And, of course, we had to go talk to George, one of the Amana Colony wine legends. I'm George here with... And I've been in this area for 85 years. Been married 65. I just got back from my from my uh, 
uh, what do you call it? Anniversary? Uh, anniversary. 65th anniversary. Oh, my goodness. And my wife and I are both 85 years old. Well, congratulations to the both of you. And uh, how long have you had this winery? Well, the winery's been in my family for so long. My grandfather and my dad operated a meat shop, so I had the meat shop as a... Oh, for years over there. I was I run the meat shop for over fifty years. Oh my and goodness. In the meantime I all started opening oh we had a smaller winery here where we made our wines and sold it out the meat. It worked real well for them. Now speaking of the wines, um I learned about Amana colonies because of the Renaissance Festival. Mm -hmm. How many uh wineries are there in Amana? There's five of us. Five? Mm -hmm. And you guys actually make your wine here in Iowa? Oh, yes. We make it right here. This building is ours, and that's where we put the winery. This was a winery back in 1853, where they made the tombstones out in the other room and made wine here for the church doings. Excellent. We how were many never opposed to wines, and the German people are. How many different types of wines do you have? Right now we operate on about a two dozen, 24. Oh, wow. I'll give you that list along Yes, way. actually. And what is your most popular wine right now? Basically, being that we're a bunch of Germans and Czechoslovakian, Bohemian neighbors to us, the, the rhubarb wine is known for the, each nationality's got a rhubarb wine. That's the Preistinger type of wine, the rhubarb type. Rhubarb. Oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's it was reasonable the rhubarb grow here, and made rhubarb pies out of it. That's when English is termed pie stengel because there's pie made out of it. Pie stengel. Oh, I see it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when the Renaissance Festival comes to Amana each year, do you notice a pattern that the Renaissance people like a particular type of wine? Yes, you seem to go more for the red wine. For the red wines, excellent. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I tell you, I gotta get these headphones checked. I'm pretty sure it sounded like he said he'd been married 65 years. Yeah, well, moving right along, we went and talked to some of the people at the Renaissance Festivals. You know, merchants, performers, and, of course, the people that make it all possible. The reason that we do these things, the patrons. Okay, tell me your name and where you're from. Geneva from Waterloo. From Waterloo. And how many times have you come to the Iowa Renaissance Festival? Well, only twice, and that's because I couldn't come those other times. I had to work. Okay. And, and why do you come to this festival? Lots of reasons. Like, for to look at guys and to buy <laughs> stuff. And, yeah, but you, but, you know. Okay. What's your name? Callie. And why do you come to the Renaissance Festival? Because they're fun. How many have you been to? <laughs> like, this is the only one that I can remember when I wasn't that tall. Oh, and you're almost dressed appropriately. <laughs> almost, but not quite. Okay. Are you going to come to more? Hopefully so. What's your favorite thing at the Renaissance Festival? Mine's Dixie. I don't know. I, probably the pirates. Pirates? Pirates. What's your favorite thing at the Renaissance Festival? I already told you, it's you. Okay, there we go. <laughs> that better. That worked for you. That worked great. Okay. All right, that's why I do these things. But, you know, some people are a little more focused at being tourists than others. Now, I see you taking some, some cool pictures here. Are you, with, uh, are you with a newspaper or just a serious tourist? She's just totally ignoring you. Totally ignoring you. Ha-ha. My shoulder thingy's... 
Okay, fine, maybe I'm not all that interesting, but, uh, you know, we can't all be jousters. Uh, And speaking of people who can't be jousters... And what is your name? My name is Sean. And what do you do here, Sean? I sell t-shirts for the Knights for I'm a Squire of Gothos. Okay, and tell me about the Squire of Gothos. The Squire of Gothos is pretty much like the assistance to the Knights, and in return, we get the nice fancy tent, and we get a shirt. Oh, and I get paid. That's a good thing. And what is what do what do they do for the knights? We help with we get the armor and stuff. We help with the lances. We clean the field. We supply them with refreshments and just about the stuff that they can't do because they're in armor. That's what we take out. And it's an easy job because the armor and and the lances and all that's all fake, right? No, it's <laughs> actually there's pine the lances are pine and there's about 100 pounds of armor on these things. And do they take good care of their horses? Uh, the horses, the horses have it in luxury. My name is Angie, and I'm a squire. A squire. Now, were there a lot of female squires? Mm, there's a few. There's one up there going with the uh, stand right now. I mean, during the Renaissance. Oh, I believe so. Yes. The spouses of the jousters. The, you know. And what do you what do you do for the jousters? I clear the jousting area of torn and broken lances. Um, I help them armor up. I help them make sure the horses are, you know, organized and not much really, just they do most of the work. They take care of the horses. How long have you been doing this? This is my first year. Okay, and for a two-night team, how many squires does it take to get the show running smoothly? Mm, I'd say about 10 to 12. Of course, where there's a squire, that means there's a knight nearby. All right, uh, tell me your name and what you do. Dave Shade, Jouster for the New Riders of the Golden Age. Now, how long have you been doing this insane thing? Year number seven. Seven years of this. But it's easy because it's like all fake armor and fake swords and all that. No. No. No, armor's real, sword's real, lance is real, beating's real, black and blue real. What's the worst injury you've gotten doing this? Strained back. For our entertainment? Yeah. Yeah. And next, your name, sir? Stanley Coleman. How long have you been doing this? Uh, at least 12 years. And uh, what's your worst injury? Dislocated shoulder. Okay, why do you do it? The adrenaline rush. And uh, certainly not to pay, but I do enjoy it. Excellent. Ah, uh, yeah, great guys. The jocks of the Renaissance Festival, you know, and after you taunt them long enough about their armor and their lance, they're uh, more than willing to prove how real the stuff is, uh, which is why I went and found some food. So what makes this the world's greatest beef jerky? Why do you check your test? It's really good tasting, and I like it. And you like it, and you are? <laughs> Rachel. Rachel, what do you do here? I make the beef jerky. Um, and you're not biased at all, right? Not at all. Why do you sell beef jerky at a Renaissance festival? Because Renaissance festivals have sexy guys in pirate costumes. <laughs> oh, yeah, what This now? is priceless. This is priceless. <laughs> Did you actually record that? So, this is kettle corn. Yeah. Uh, uh, historic Renaissance kettle corn. Of course. And how long have you been selling it at Renaissance festivals? Six years? Six years. Six years. There we go. Six years. What's your name? Becky. Becky, what's the name of the business? Old Time Kettle Corn. And what other events do you do besides Renaissance festivals? We do um, like Shell Rock Fourth of July. Um, Clear Lake Christmas Festival. Yeah. Clear Lake, we do the Christmas uh, in the park. That's a cold one, but it's really warm in here. Um, Iowa Renewable Energy Show in Hiawatha. That's coming up. And um, 
we do, there's a Christmas on Main in Waverly where they do the live Christmas cards. What events are the most fun for you? Actually, they all are because it's, you know, different than my regular during the week job and you get to meet new people and chat with people and I can spend more time talking with people than what I can in my other job, so. Bud Harder. Hi, Bud. Tell us about Bud's homemade root beer. Uh, we've been making root beer in our family for 80 years. My grandfather lived in St. Louis, um, made it when my mother was a little girl. She made it when I was a boy, so in our family since the 20s, 1920s, we've been making root beer. Wow. Now, do you do a lot of Renaissance festivals? Yes, we do several Renaissance festivals. We do uh, Every show we do, except for the Illinois State Fair, is a historic event of some kind. It's either a Revolutionary War, or Civil War, or Ren Fair. And do you have fun pretty much at all of them? We have great times. You just so. have to have a lot of different clothes. Yes. The, the artisans are always the same, they tell me. They just wear different clothes. <laughs> and tell me about the, the, all these bottles that we see. Yes. Um, we have every size bottle from a 12-ounce bottle to a three through a three-liter jug. Uh, people want, sometimes they take it home for their family, they take it home, make root beer floats out of it. So they're all refillable. When you buy a bottle, we put root beer in it, you drink the root beer, uh, you come back for 50 cents or a dollar, we give you a refill, and you can refill it, and go drink some more. Excellent. And that Bud's Root Beer stuff is very addictive, which is why I moved on to the uh, other types of merchants. So tell me who you are and, and what this business is. We're the Scots Dragon. We sell some Scottish clothes. We sell court gowns and everyday wear for citizens. And we have a great time. <laughs> How many years have you been selling at Renaissance festivals? Oh, about 10, I think. Maybe less. Wow. What, what's the most popular item you sell? That's hard to tell. Probably the cheaper items. We, you know, they love the gowns, but the gowns are very pricey. So they're probably the most popular thing I have, but most people sink their money into things that are a third of the price. What's your favorite thing about selling at a Renaissance festival? You can say outrageous things to perfect strangers and nobody cares. <laughs> Tell me your name and what you have here. I'm Jennifer Warren and we sell chainmail. The name Chain of shop? Mystic Metal Weavers. Where are you based out of? Rio, Wisconsin. And what do you sell? Chainmail armor, jewelry, anything that has to do with chainmail. And fairy wishes. Yes, and fairy wish bottles. How long have you been doing this? Five years. All at Renaissance festivals? Yes. And what's your favorite thing about Renaissance festivals? The fun. The fun. I always have fun. <laughs> okay, tell me your name and what the business is. My name is Gary Knapp. The name of the business is A Celtic Tradition. And what do you sell? We sell t-shirts. We sell embroidered dresses. Uh, we sell a little bit of sterling, sur sterling silver jewelry. Uh, we sell other necklaces. We sell rings, flags, uh, embroidered and embossed coats of arms. How long have you been doing this? Nine years. How many of those years have you have you vended at Renaissance festivals? Nine years. Nine years. What's your favorite thing about vending at a Renaissance festival? Uh, watching the people. <laughs> What's your most popular item? The dresses. Mm, sounds like I need to open a shop selling dresses and rhubarb wine. Of course, none of this would be possible without somebody to organize and actually host the event. So, tell us a little bit about this event, its history, and your name first. Well, my name is Bonnie Schmidt, and I'm feeling a little melancholy today because I realize that this is our last fall in the Amana Colonies. 
and it's such a beautiful day and it's so peaceful here and I know that the May weather is a little iffy and we, we can always count on fabulous weather for this event so it makes me a little sad. How many years has it been out here in the Amanas? Five years. Wow. And uh, how, how long has the event been around in general? Since 1992. Oh my gosh. And it's been in several locations. What was your favorite location? Okaboji. Really? Now that was a different event, right? Mm, uh, Renaissance Fair of Okaboji. Okay. Yes, but the problem was is that it, we had it in the summertime and it was so blistering hot. It, uh, one year was in like 98, one year was over 100, and it's just too hot to be in costume, but it was the most beautiful sight. Now, you have souvenirs. What's the most popular souvenir? Always tankards. Always the tankards. What's your least popular? Magic box cameras. <laughs> oh, yes, there you go. Thank you. I'm Gregor, the old Medici, veteran of this village. They call me Lord Mayor, but the scripture says, call no man your Lord, so I'll just be Gregorio. And how long have you been doing this kind of nonsense? Since 1992. But if you include the theatrics, many years before that. So, what all do you do other than Renaissance festivals? I do ethnic international festivals. I do children's movies. I publish a Renaissance magazine. I am a photographer, writer, and I fly hot air balloons over the fields of Kansas. These theatrical types. <laughs> I cut my way through a crowd of Chippewa, dragging my canoe behind me. I hacked them this way and that way. W.C. Fields, 1942. All right. Now, this is about the time you start wondering if maybe interviewing Renaissance Festival types is just asking for trouble. Okay, tell me your name and what you do. I am William and Blackjack, and we tell stories. What kind of stories? Stories to amuse the children and all of us. Oh, dirty stories. No, 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 no. I use soap. How long have you been doing this? This is my fourth year. And how did you get started doing this? My librarian made me do it. <laughs> and how did you get involved with the Renaissance Festival specifically? Oh, specifically. Well, my brother-in-law took us up to Minnesota to get me my first card. And then I came down and I found out from Elric and his wife that we could, well, it wasn't his wife then, that we could uh, volunteer for Greg's festival in Des Moines. And so we volunteered and that's how we started. Excellent. What's your favorite thing about festivals? Interacting with the children. Now that wasn't so painful, but if you try to conduct any interviews after hours, you're just asking for trouble, especially with this lot. I am Tom Gill, of the Clan Gill. And what do you do at Renaissance Festivals? I go around making an ass of myself. Well, tell me what's going on right now. What is going on right now? Right now, there is about 31 people here at the Oxio, right by the Amana Colony. Well, there's 28 people here right now. And we are all having a good old time. We're making farting noises with straws. We are catapulting butter bowls across the table, making butter pyramids. And, yep, there's the first time right there. That's what we are doing. Don't go back in for like a spot. Okay, so who are you and what do you do? 
what do you do? Well, I'm the janitor, and I sort of, you know, I clean cans. How's your cans, huh? This no good. This is just not helping me at Oh, goodness. This was the point where I realized I shouldn't do any more after-hour interviews, especially not with Renaissance Festival people. Um, but it gives you an idea of what the Rencast is going to be about. You know, interviews, maybe some music, some news, little tidbits like that, and hopefully much quieter in future episodes. So... Like I mentioned, there'll be upcoming episodes focusing on the Kansas City Renaissance Festival, the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, and a lot more. So um, we hope that everybody's going to subscribe and uh, be regular listeners. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time. So be sure to visit atthefair.com, that's fair with an E at the end, where you can browse over 25,000 digital photos I've taken at Renaissance festivals around the Midwest. And um, if you want to drop me a note, visit anothercrappypodcast.com and send me some feedback. This has been the Rincast, show number one, uh, Introduction and Iowa Renaissance Festival. Thanks for listening. Another Crappy Podcast production. The music used at the beginning and the ending of this podcast is Packington's Pound by the Orcs and Trolls. To learn more about this and other equally exciting podcasts, be sure to visit www.anothercrappypodcast.com. If you'd like some print to go with this audio, be sure to check out the Regional Renaissance Reporter, a quarterly publication dealing with all things Renaissance Festival-related here in the Midwest and beyond. Now in its fifth issue, featuring a new magazine format and glossy color cover. Ooh. For more information, visit www.renreporter.com. And remember, a year's subscription is just 8 bucks, so don't be cheap. Subscribe today. If there was anything else we had to mention or plug, we'd be plugging and mentioning it right now. If you have something we should mention or plug, be sure to contact us, because we have space to fill. Thirty minutes coming up now.